Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got Graham. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry Connick Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report. As you know, it is the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings today from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm Sean Kelly, and this is where the Pelicans will start a crucial road trip out east here tonight against the Celtics. We are very, very pleased to have a great guest list today for you as we've got some big topics to tackle. What a great weekend. This this is ongoing into tonight. In, in that, now we have our Final Four in the NFL all set and ready to go. We still have college football's national championship to be decided tonight in Dallas. And as we mentioned, the Pelicans road trip, which begins in Boston and then continues through Detroit, Philadelphia, Toronto, and New York. This is a pivotal, pivotal time for the Pelicans. Right now, all are waiting on the NBA League office to ratify the deal that was proposed over the weekend involving the Pelicans, the Celtics, and the Grizzlies. And while there's not a whole lot of commenting that can be made at the moment because the league office has to take care of their business this morning, uh, I think that everyone is, uh, is ready to go and is comfortable with what inevitably will happen and that, at least for the Pelicans, means Quincy Pondexter will be on his way from the Memphis Grizzlies, and Austin Rivers and Russ Smith will be departing. Now, where they end up ultimately is, I think, still to be determined, but uh, Jeff Green going to Memphis is the key and big piece of that three-team deal. Um, and so with that, sure enough, the Pelicans play at the Celtics tonight and the start of a road trip that features five teams under 500 here out east, and with the Pelicans still searching for their first road win against the East, this is now the time at 18-18 and overall. So there's a lot on the table with that. Uh, And we'll talk Celtics and their trades and all this with none other than Bob Ryan today, the esteemed semi-retired columnist from the Boston Globe. Of course, we know him uh, probably on a national level from around the horn and the sports reporters, both on ESPN. Uh, Bob Ryan joins us today. He'll give us, us his thoughts on the Celtics, their current state of affairs, And then, of course, we're going to ask him about the NFL as the Patriots are prominently in the mix now in the Final Four and college football's national championship tonight. Uh, On the uh, college football front, we get unique perspective today from two Saints, one a current, one a former. Both have uh, ties to the two teams playing tonight at AT AT&T Stadium. Jarris Bird joins us for the first time in a long time today, the Oregon Duck and current safety for the New Orleans Saints is uh, in Studio B with us. He'll, of course, uh, share his love for Oregon, uh, tonight's national championship, and update us on where his rehab is. Of course, if you remember, he left uh, on injured reserve early October with the knee injury, and so we'll get an update on his progress. And then Daniel Salerson sits down with Will Smith, of course, representing Ohio State, and on um, not only, of course, the national championship game tonight involving his Buckeyes, but Perhaps a thought or two about what now uh, is to make of the we may should make of the NFL's Final Four that sees Indianapolis going to New England and Green Bay heading off to Seattle. All right, so with that we have a very busy show to have. Uh, go, hopefully, go off without a hitch here from Boston, and we're anxious to get it started. Let me take a quick first break, and then we'll bring in Boston's very own Bob Ryan to get it started. 
here on the Black and Blue Report. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Yeah, that's the sound of Mardi Gras, baby. Throw me something! <laughs> Just something about the tradition of it all. Even though Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew scratch off from the lottery, you could be feeling like a king with up to $3,000 or even $12,000 in your back pocket. Stop and pick up Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew today. Now that's better than the good beads, baby. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. It's only fitting as we come to you from Boston today as the Pelicans get ready for the Celtics tonight to welcome in our next guest. Of course, there's probably only a handful of folks around the country who cannot even not only give you a local opinion, but profound and valued opinion on the national landscape and sports. And so with that, we're welcome, or we are pleased to welcome in Bob Ryan. He's been with the Boston Globe, obviously, since 1968. You've seen him on ESPN's Around the Horn, sports reporters, and it's a real honor to have Bob Ryan with us this morning. Good, mo- good morning, Bob. I hope this finds you well. Oh, I'm good. Thank you very much. We are here today, uh, obviously, as the Pelicans get set to take on the Celtics tonight, and we'll get to that in a moment. But uh, certainly all the talk around New England today, Bob, uh, is around the New England Patriots and what they did this past weekend and their advancement to the AFC Championship. Uh, is this Patriots team ready to go for a run at the Super Bowl? They're ready to get to the Super Bowl. And, uh, if the Seahawks are standing there, I think we all will decide that it was a nice, you know, it was nice. But uh, until they, they have to feel good about the fact that they're playing the Colts, a team that they have handled, and uh, that they don't have to worry about the, the Broncos. And uh, It's kind of funny because last week the run-up to the Ravens game was nothing but fear and trepidation about, oh, my God, the Ravens are coming. Hide the women and children. And now uh, the reverse is true. The fans are going to be so smug and ridiculously confident all week. I'm sure Belichick will take care of that within the house. But, but um, believe me, the confidence here is enormous because um, that, that was the toughest. That was a brutal, wonderful, extraordinary athletic event in which the Patriots found a way to win. And I'm sure that the Ravens are saying, what happened? How did this happen? Why are we sitting home and they're going on? And, uh, you know, there's probably some – you know, the answer is, the answer is, uh, Patriots have the best coach. And, and coaching ultimately is what won that game. The uh, trick play was fascinating, to say the least. Um, this is a button-down look that we normally get from Coach Belichick and the Patriots. Were you surprised that they went to the bag of tricks here in trying to beat Baltimore? Well, this is a great myth. The Patriots, are, he's the most innovative coach in football, in, in professional football. In, in, in his time, he has taken an intentional safety, uh, which uh, tell me the last time you saw that in the NFL. Uh, they had a, a wide receiver, uh, a, um, excuse me, a, a place kicker uh, throw a touchdown pass, Adam Vinatieri. Uh, he's, uh, th- this play was been waiting to happen because Edelman, of course, was a very accomplished college quarterback. It's amazing that it took this long for them to unveil it. But I don't know how old you are, but I grew up in the 50s, and this was a common thing that we were all aware of. We called it a spot pass uh, or a double pass. And this was, this was something that I remember growing up with quite clearly in the 50s, that it was something you had to learn to expect. And, of course, that was the era of the halfback option, another great play that has disappeared from the football landscape, which I think would be devastating at any time. And, um, you know, Walter Payton threw seven touchdown passes in his career. Don't forget that. And uh, that's always available to somebody uh, if, if they get a guy who's a converted quarterback who's now playing wide receiver or, or um, running back. So, anyway... No, people shouldn't be remotely surprised, nor should they be surprised when, when he comes up with trickery such as that uh, substitution play that uh, drove Harbaugh, Harbaugh, to me, Harbaugh crazy. So absolutely not. You should expect the unexpected with Belichick. No doubt. Okay, good observation there. And, and, and Bob, you were right, because watching the 11 o'clock news here in Boston last night, um, the smugness or arrogance that you spoke of is in full effect already as they look to walk right all over the Indianapolis Colts <laughs> 
this coming weekend. Um, I don't know if uh, anyone should be surprised at what the Colts and Andrew Luck have done, and I'm not so sure, Bob, this is a walkover for the Patriots unless you set me straight here. Well, they did beat them 42-20 to 20 this year, and the game was even worse than that. And, and, and there's no reason to think that they can't defend Luck, who throws interceptions. And um, uh, it, it would be, I think, I won't go so far as to say monumental. I'm interested, oh, by the way, I'm asking you because I do not know. What's the early line? I'm just curious mm-hmm. if you know. But I don't I, know. I haven't but I'm checked, get... and my position is a play-by-play announcer. Yeah. Well, it's got to be in the realm of 10 if it's I, not. I, it's I seldom go to the line. So there, there you go. Yeah, and, probably. Um, I would guess 11 at some point. Yeah, so um, they're going to be heavily favored, and they should be. They're home. This is what they played for all year. Uh, there's just no reason for them to fear the Indianapolis Colts, despite what the Colts were able to accomplish yesterday against against uh, uh, Denver. But then again, we did see that we were looking at diminished Peyton Manning, which had a lot to do with a lot. I mean, he only had four yards per attempt yesterday, which has got to be one of the worst days of his career. What's next for Peyton Manning, Bob? Oh, that's up to him. I mean, I think we have to understand that he's an extraordinary competitor. Uh, It's going to be as much about the mental situation as the physical. Uh, I think I've heard it very well expressed this morning by other people. Uh, Does he want to go through the off-season preparation? Everything else, the stuff that we do not see, not the stuff that we do see, that's the easy part, playing the game. It's the stuff that we do not see. We don't know the extent of his injuries. We don't know the extent of his realization about the fact that he may not have this, any of the coaches that he's coached, played with this year. Uh, it's possible. Dave's the, uh, the uh, OC is going for sure. Uh, John Fox, it's rumored, may be on the move. Uh, he may have to break in a whole new coaching staff because he wants to do that at 38. Uh, I don't know. I think that he doesn't know. I think he's going to. I think he ought to go home and chill, get away from football for a couple of weeks, and then before he starts thinking about it. And I suspect that is exactly what he will do. Bob Ryan with us. Hey, Bob. One more note about football before we get to the Celtics. College football will play its national championship tonight. Uh, does college football finally have this right? And do you like the matchup this evening in North Texas? Well, I love the matchup, but I, do they have it right. Depends on what you want out of life. Yes, they do have a mechanism to give us an unquestioned national champion, which is what we've been yapping about for 30 years. So, uh, yes, uh, think about going back to the days of the dueling polls and the split national championships. No one wants to return to that. So we have what we've been asking for. Uh, is it the, is it good, a good thing in the realm of college sports, the, uh, the, the overemphasis, the, the money uh, out there, the, 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 the arms race that is ensuing now as other teams want to become the team to get the money? Uh, no, but that's another discussion for another day. I'm looking forward to this game. Uh, it's a great matchup. Oregon's uh, in, in, irresistible force, basically because what it is, it's an irresistible force against an irresistible force. Uh, everybody knows about Oregon's up-tempo offense, but the fact is uh, that Ohio State only averaged one less play per game than Oregon's, which is a, a little-known fact, which I just discovered 20 minutes ago, so I'm, I'm sounding smarter than I really am. But I just remind people that Ohio State up 59 against Wisconsin. They're an offensive team. And um, I think it's an extraordinary matchup. And I, I do like Ohio State only because in urban I trust well, I think that's smart, and so that would that would shatter the myth that the Big Ten is now a foregone, you know, or a bygone era with regard to college football, and uh, Oregon would still have that label of uh, we're not tough enough out west to win a national championship. So, well, uh, I, think I both- mean, I wouldn't. I hope it isn't framed that way. If they lose a game, what if they lose a game forty to thirty-nine? Are you going to tell me they're not tough enough, or thirty-one thirty? Even no. I mean, that that you're right. That is probably the way they're going. It's going to be framed, but that will be inaccurate. They are tough enough. It's not going to be an issue of that at all. It's going to be an issue of, of execution and, and game skill and all that. I mean, I, I think we put the rest the absolute myth that they're not tough enough. They're tough enough. It's just a matter of up against a very good team in, in the championship game. Then let a better team win. Well said. Pelicans at Celtics tonight. We're all awaiting the uh, news from the uh, NBA today to ratify the latest round of deals for Danny Ainge here. Of course, that involves the Pelicans in that Austin Rivers is coming to Boston, at least for the moment. And Jeff Green is off to Memphis Tayshawn Prince is coming this way with his expiring contract, yada, yada. Um, Bob, help us understand what the feeling is around Celtics fans and, and those in New England who follow the Boston Celtics and what this, this era is becoming for them. Well, the future isn't now. This is not a George Allendale. The future is the future, way in the future. Uh, Danny is accumulating an extraordinary number of draft picks, number one. So we'll see what he does with them all. Uh, Jeff Green is going to Memphis, which is a wonderful fit because Jeff Green will be the fourth option, which is what he should be. We spent four years here trying to uh, convince, our, uh, trying to see if Jeff Green would ever want to assume the mantle of being the man. Capital T, capital M. No, he can't. He does not have the mental or 
or, or desire or whatever you want to say to be the best player on a team. But as the third or fourth option on a good team, which he will now be, presenting a dimension that they don't have as much as they need offense outside shooting, he will be a very interesting and useful player to the Grizzlies. But his usefulness here had long ago expired because he is the great. You look in the dictionary under T's, you will see a picture of Jeff Green. He will get you 30 one night, and you can book it that within two nights he has three for 15, eight points. That's Jeff Green in this uniform here. And uh, so no, no loss here in that sense. They're, they're building for the future. Uh, Austin Rivers apparently his future is in Los Angeles with Daddy, which I don't like at all. Uh, I think it's the worst possible scenario because he's just a level of player that causes problems when the father's the coach. If you're going to play for your father, and everybody in high school should know this by experience in every little town in America, you either should be the best player in the team or the worst player in the team. God knows you don't want to be in the middle where you're fighting for playing time with people who could be questioning your, your, your status, and then Daddy has to make this decision. I don't know why Doc would want Boston on his team. Wow. Uh, well said. Um, but Boston basketball fans are very smart folks. They've also enjoyed tremendous success here. Are they patient enough for Danny to do something with all these picks? Um, do the Celtics get a pass because of all that's been going on? Well, I think they should. In my opinion, they deserve a pass. They're, they're doing a thing that they have to do. with, And, and I, I hope and trust that the fans are patient enough to understand the big picture. They were spoiled by the fact that in 07, Danny made the big moves. Boom, boom, he was able to have an asset in Al Jefferson. Uh, it, well, he had a number five pick on the draft night, which he's able to utilize to get Ray Allen. Then he had Al Jefferson, who was enough to entice Minnesota to want to give up Garnett. And Garnett was only going to come because Al, he was going to be joining two other stars. Well, we don't have anything remotely like that now. We don't have a chip around here like that. There's no bargaining chip like Al Jefferson and the team, so it's going to be what they have. This season is one prolonged exhibition season. Uh, Brad Stevens is right back where he would be on October 15th. He's trying to figure out who can play and who should play. The problem that they have had here is that they've got 15 guys. They've had everybody on this roster is an NBA player, but, but they're all no better than fifth, sixth, and seventh men. And so they're all on the same team. They'd all, they have a lot of guys that would be useful chips on good teams. But as a team, not so much. Their record is completely reflective of who they are. Uh, they will uh, – the fans need a lot of patience uh, with this team. It's going nowhere. Um, it, it, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, it's a team that is all about the future. And, and, and you know, you're spending money if you're a season ticket holder uh, for, for uh, a nightly, uh, you know, almost a – not a guarantee, but it's, it's – it's a it's a act of faith, and you're building for, and you're investing in the future. You're certainly not investing in the present. No doubt, no doubt. Bob Ryan, thank you so much. Uh, a real pleasure to have you today, and thanks for all the perspective you've gave, give, given us. Uh, I certainly learned a little bit more, that's for sure. And uh, hope to see you all very soon. Okay, great. Nice to talk to you. Bye bye. All right, bye bye, uh, Bob Ryan. There he goes, uh, of course, with the Boston Globe, around the horn, and the sports reporters, of course. A real treat to have him as we broadcast from Boston today as the Pelicans get set for the Celtics tonight. That, of course, will come your way at 6.30 Central Time on the Pelicans Radio Network. All right, we're going to turn our attention to the Saints and college football in just a moment. Two big-time guests, as we have promoted for you earlier in the show. We'll start it off with Jerris Bird next as we continue. Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Wednesday, January 21st at 7 when the Los Angeles Lakers come to town. It's Oshner Health and Fitness Night with the first 8,000 fans receiving a free Pelicans aluminum water bottle courtesy of Oshner. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30 with music, inflatable games for the kids, and a whole lot more. Tickets start as low as $19. Visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... <coughs> Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Everything you need to know about the Saints and Pelicans is right here on the Black and Blue Report. 
All right, the big football game is tonight. Of course, uh, the Buckeyes and the Oregon Ducks for college football's national championship. We've been talking about it now most all show. Thanks again to Bob Ryan from the Boston Globe for joining us here on this Monday as well. And uh, Will Smith from the Ohio State Buckeyes will be uh, with us here shortly. But to represent the Oregon Ducks, it's our good friend Jarris Bird, current safety for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Saints in a moment. First, though, the more pertinent discussion here, the Oregon Ducks. First of all, congratulations to your alma mater for making it to uh, the first ever, as they call it, legitimate college football national championship. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty big, especially like you just said, with all the uh, new things, the playoffs and stuff, it makes you feel more, uh, I guess, proud you know and you've gone through the the battles of of getting there it's good to see you by the way we haven't seen you in a while yeah i've been kind of laying low just kind of get right yep you look good appreciate it you look good good. we'll talk more about that in a second all right so oregon uh tonight and um i gotta say that i'm leaning toward the ducks here i love marcus Mariota. i know you're a defensive guy but oh yeah I feel, feel like he is definitely, you know, he's the engine that runs the car. Um, he definitely uh, gets everybody going, and when he's on, you know, they're hard to beat. So, is he the best quarterback ever at Oregon? Yeah, I, I mean, he has a high, he's the only Heisman Trophy winner. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there you go. But uh, we've had some, we've been privileged, you know, the history of Oregon. We've had some pretty good quarterbacks. Who was the guy? You know, I think you left in '08, right? That was your last season. Nine. Nine, okay. Left early in 09, yeah. Who was the quarterback on the other side of the ball from you when you were there? Uh, Dennis was there, Dennis Dixon. Okay. Um, we had uh, Masoli, um, but Dennis was probably the, the biggest one when I was there. Right, right. And then eventually the Holiday Bowl for you guys, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, you were the MVP, by the way. I should know that. Yes, you were. <laughs> um, Jaris Bird again with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Okay, so um, if if Oregon wins tonight, they'll have won because of what? Because of controlling um, the quarterback for Ohio State, I feel like he is definitely he surprised a lot of people in that in that that uh, playoff game with Alabama, and I think he is definitely just as we have Mariota, he's definitely their their factor of what we're gonna have to do to stop him and slow him down because he's definitely a dual threat and he's a big body. Did you ever think that a third string quarterback? would be playing for a national championship no but i mean to their credit that just goes to show the kind of depth and recruiting that they're doing there i mean that's that's a phenomenal job by them getting that type of talent you know after you you're three deep and you know you're still not missing a beat so what about ezekiel the kid that runs the ball for ohio state oh. if he gets loose like he has the last what three or four weeks yeah he's got that that home run ability so um definitely we got to close the run the running lanes and uh make sure we constrict it and uh just tackle well. You know, it's going to be a game of tackling, getting people in space, or trying to get people in space, just like we do. You know, it's going to be kind of like a mirrored game on, on offense and defense. So um, we just got to do a good job of make it, doing the small things really well. Jairus, no offense. When people think of Oregon football, they think offense. Sure. All right, but this defense just put the, the kibosh on Jameis Winston last week. Yeah. Or two weeks ago, I guess it was. Um, what should we know about Oregon's defense that never gets talked about? I think they're just relentless. I think – it's a bend but don't break mentality, and I think uh, that you're seeing that, you know, against Florida State. You know, they drove the ball, they moved the ball well, but, you know, when it came down to that crunch time in the red zone, you know, the, the clamps were put down. So I think that that's the biggest thing is that, you know, those guys, you know, they, they have a um, – they're relentless, you know, and they, they stick it in. And then, you know, a lot of the guys, they don't, they don't give up. Like I said, bend but don't break, and they make big plays at opportune times. What do you know about Mark Helfrich, the guy that runs the Ducks now? Yeah, you know, when I was there, he wasn't – when I left, he had just came in. So I don't really know too much. You know, I've been back a little bit, but he seems like a great guy. Obviously, he's doing a great job, you know, and he studied under Chip. So once Chip left, there wasn't really too much of a drop-off. He kind of just picked it up and ran with it. Down the hall here in our locker room uh, at the campus, um, there's a lot of SCC guys running around. Yeah, Have sure. you taken the opportunity to uh, perhaps lob a verbal grenade at them or two this past week? Uh, You know what? Yeah, a little bit, but you know – it's been kind of quiet on their end, so I've just kind of been checking to see why they're so quiet, and sometimes I might throw out, you know, where did you go? Oh, okay, that's why you're kind of quiet. You, you know, are kind you know. of a quiet guy, but, you know. But. Um, by the way, Jarris and I went to high school about 10 minutes apart from each other in St. Louis. Um, full disclosure, though, I think Jarris's high school days were about 15 years <laughs> behind mine. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, we'll leave that part out. Um, anyway, so are you going to go to the game uh, at AT&T Stadium on Monday? Yeah, it should be in the building. Uh, it'll be fun. Um, that's my plan uh, to be at the game. So uh, 
unless something changes, I should be there and, and rocking it out. Are you a are you a let me go sit in the stands kind of guy? Are you a I'm gonna sit in the suite or I'm gonna be down on the sideline with a towel in my hand type guy? Um, probably on the sideline. Like to be all over. I don't really know yet. I got to kind of fill it out, but um, I'm I'm kind of like to be in the mix a little bit. So. I might be anywhere. I might be all over, so we'll see. So who are you going to go with? Are you Have you called up, what, former teammates or family or what, dad? Who who, who might go to the game with you on Monday? Oh, probably well, probably family or someone, probably friends, old teammates that I went to college with. You know, that's the best time because, you know, you've you've played in that arena. You've, you know, bled, bled sweat together. So probably former teammates, yeah. Okay. Um, is there any jealousy at all in the fact that they're playing for a national championship as an Oregon Duck, and, and maybe you didn't, didn't have that opportunity. You know what? People have asked me that, and there's not. Really? Okay. I'm, man, I'm proud of, to be, you know, Oregon, be part of the Duck family, and, you know, there is no jealousy whatsoever. I'm just proud, you know. The, there's been some talk about them wearing, I guess, gray. Sure, yeah. The, do you do you get bent out of shape about school colors or how many different uniforms they wear? Do you, are you, do you like it or? Yeah, I like it. Okay. You know, I was – Part of that, wearing all the different uniforms, all that, I enjoy it. Um, but I don't have a problem with the gray. You know, it's it's what it is. Obviously, everyone is expecting the uh, the abnormal, the far left. And, you know, when they kind of just brought it in there, just right with the middle, just the gray, it's kind of like it shocks people. Kind of People are kind of disappointed. <laughs> so people probably thought we were going to come out with, like, some space suits or something like that for the national championship. So if Phil Knight has his way and it would sell, I think that probably they would come out in the space suit. Oh yeah. You can you, you can't put anything past, you know, Uncle Phil as we call him. So Uncle Phil. Yeah. How prominent is he in that program? Very. Very prominent. Is that healthy? Yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah it's pretty healthy. I, I know which I guess I kinda knew your answer. Mm-hmm. Um what's the perception though, you think with Nike and Phil Knight and Oregon? Is it healthy or no? I think it's healthy. I mean, anytime you can um, bring that type of flair and that, you know, that difference that people around the country aren't able to get that access, I mean, that's huge. I mean, kids, you know, they come there and they commit, you know, based off of like the uniforms or things like that. That's just another advantage that you get to, to have. Just because it's Nike. Because it's Nike, yeah. And, and then also, too, not to mention, we have the best fans out there. I mm-hmm. mean, Oregon, the Duck fans are tremendous. You know, the stadium's going to be sold out. You know, it's going to be just absolutely nuts. So um, that's that's great for a college atmosphere. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, any friendly wagers you're willing to share? You know, we're going to have Will Smith on. Hmm. Um, and I don't know how well you know Will. Your paths didn't I quite met, cross. Yeah, here. I haven't um, met Will. Um, but are there any other Ohio State guys that perhaps you're friendly with that you may have, you know, made a phone call and said if you win you you get this yeah. and if I win I get this I'm not willing to disclose anything <laughs> uh but those phone calls I've talked to a few people those phone calls have been made okay yeah. fair enough I, I didn't I didn't know if you'd share or not but yeah. I had a feeling that had something, something would have been said along the way for sure yeah tell me about rehab this yeah. is not an easy thing right um right. what was it it was early October mm-hmm. wasn't it yeah so the knee goes out. You go on IR. Um, what happens after that? I mean, mm-hmm. you kind of had to go. You know, it's one thing to be a part of a team and go through any week yeah. as a team. Right. Um, it's a whole nother deal to go through what you and others have done. You're almost on an island, out by yourself. Uh-huh. How'd you handle it? Well, I handled it. You know, just going to rehab. Um, I'm coming in here pretty much. I tried to stay close to the team as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just pr- pretty much stayed around. Um, went to meetings, stuff like that, and uh, just stay connected, and that's what really, you know, kind of helps. But like you said, it's a it's a battle, you know, not being able to be out there and go through the grind with your teammates. And so I'm just looking forward to, you know, getting healthy, getting my body right, and coming back for a full offseason. Different guys handle it different ways. Um, you signed a great contract over the summer. Sure. You came in looking to be a leader yeah. uh, for a defense here, and then that happens. Yeah. Um, I've seen some guys almost slide into a bit of a depression mm-hmm. when they've had, I don't know, this grand plan or this yeah. fresh start, sure. and then it's it's yanked out from under them. Yeah. Did you did you get down at all, or were you able to kind of? Yeah. I mean, you're a veteran, so yeah. No, I mean, I'm a veteran, but I'm also human, you know. So mm-hmm. I think just like you said, that's great. I mean, of course, you know, you go through that time where it's like a, a sulking period where it's like, man, you know, you you, you do kind of get in a little funk a little bit, kind of get down. But, you know, 
a lot of it, like I said, I, I base a lot of my stuff on my faith, you know, in God. And, you know, a lot of it is that's getting me through it. And I was able to stay around the team. And so I think that helped me having the, the, the camaraderie with my teammates in the meeting room and helping them in any way. And then, um, just like I said, just put everything all my, you know, um, energy into getting back, getting better than I was. So, Did you learn anything from watching on the side? Um, the basketball guys I work with, like, they don't really realize it. But if they get hurt and they can watch some games kind of from the bench, kind of like I'm right there but I'm somewhat removed, yeah. they see the game a little differently sometimes. Yeah. Did you find that about watching your defense this, this fall? Yeah, you definitely see things that, that jump out at you. Um, uh, I almost felt like watching games was more nerve-wracking on me and hurt me more to watch than in, even in the game. I was probably more nervous watching those guys go out there than it was even just being out there wow okay um a lot has been said about the defense after the seven and nine season yeah and there's a lot of talk here in the building um both externally and internally mm -hmm. about how all of us can do a better job we've got to really kind of look under every every rock, rock and everything yeah. else um can you give us some insight on on what all that may entail and if you want to just do it from a player's perspective, yeah, I, mean, I can I, respect that. Gonna, yeah. Um, pretty much we got to look – first of all, you got to start with yourself. Look at what what part you played. What what can you do better? And um, that's part of what I'm doing. I'm, you know, analyzing what I can do better, what I need to do better. And, you know, I've, you know, got to go about that and, and do that and start start on that this offseason. Um, that's really all I'm willing to speak about is myself. Um what that means for everybody else has to be figured out. But, um, you know, and things that I'm going to start to do, um, that's kind of an in-the-house, you know, keep it kind of close vest, close to the knit. So um, I'm going to leave that at that. But really, speaking for myself, I, I just got to get started on what I can do better, what role I played and the areas that I need to get stronger in, and that's what I'm going to do. The mental part never stops. I understand that. Mm -hmm. What about the physical part? When do you think you can get back to football-related type activity? Um. Should be it should be uh, soon, you know. Um, things are going really well. They're doing a great job in there, getting me healthy. Uh, Bo and the training staff with Scotty and them. So um, I'm really thankful for them for you know giving me you know all they got and, and taking the time with me. So um, I'm appreciative of that, and I should be back sooner rather than later, real soon. And the reason I ask is, you'll have a full off season exactly. now to yeah. to grab that leadership role that we talked about back in August. Mm -hmm. um, how much of a difference will that be for you going into next season as opposed to kind of almost kind of like landing yeah. right before camp and here we cool. go? Yeah, huge. Um, I mean, last offseason I had the issue with my back and, mm -hmm. you know, I was out OTA, so I came in, really missed all OTAs, all training camp and all of uh, preseason set for the last two game, couple plays, like right. 30 plays really, and then hit the season. So. This all season will be big, and I'm looking forward to spending time just getting to know the guys, getting the guys that around, and building that you know, like you said, that camaraderie with with the guys that we have, and, and moving forward because this is definitely, you know, obviously people know it's a team sport, but you know we depend on each other, so um, this is that's that's huge. Let me ask you about Rob Ryan because if if you and I were to go out, we'll get in the car, and let's just start hitting spots in the city. I bet you we get about 400 different opinions about the Saints defensive coordinator. The one opinion that seems to be the most solid is your defensive mates. Most every man that I've talked to on your side of the ball loudly supports Rob Ryan, um, talks about their relationship with Rob Ryan. Um, have you experienced that before in a locker room where there's kind of a almost overly vocal support of a guy and maybe why that is? Is there something about that room, that that you know that that defensive unit room, that's unique to Rob as opposed to other defensive guys you've worked with? Yeah, Rob, his personality is it's uh, atypical. He's kind of uh, he's, he's just different the way he approaches things. He kind of there's no sugarcoating. What you see is what you get, and I think guys appreciate that. You know, a lot of times you know coaches are they give a stern you know a makeup of you know X's and O's. Okay, you know out of the room, you know, the meetings are there. He spices up the meetings, does different things to keep things fun, you know, keep it different. And um, I think that's what guys really appreciate about him, and he's just a great person. He seems to identify, and again, I'm not in that room, uh -huh. but just being around you guys all the time, he seems to identify with 
newcomers and veterans, sure. urban guys, rural guys, sure. Big Ten guys, SEC. You know, yeah. he seems to be, I wouldn't say a politician, but he knows how to identify. <laughs> hey, you're laughing. He knows to seem. He seemingly can identify with every different group that comes through an NFL locker room. Yeah, That's, that seems unique yeah. to me. I guess. Yeah, I think um, I think that's that's legit, a legit you know statement. I think he he really does uh, um, relate really well to a lot of different guys, um, but I think it's also because you know his experiences have taken him so far. Just coaching, you know, he comes from a, a very good pedigree of coaching with his dad. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously his brother Rex, so he's been around a lot. So there's not really much you know this game. You know, he's seen it all pretty much. So he can relate to a lot of different people, which is good. He started at a young age. He was around football, so it's not a shock to him. Yeah, and the reason I bring this up is because you'll get you'll get an opinion from some reporter or an opinion from your neighbor or a fan or a season ticket holder or, or whomever. But at the end of the day, I guess I wanted to hear what you all had to say. I know what Kenny Vaccaro said and all those things, but – the chance to get to sit down with you, yeah, with, you know, sure. some, some miles uh, on the on the feet there, you. and say, okay, what is it about this guy that I don't yet understand? And I think you spoke to some of that right. there, so yeah. I appreciate that. No problem. Enjoy the game. Thank you. We'll do. Uh, yeah, I think this is going to be fun. D- does college football finally have this right? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I believe so. I think this is the answer to uh, a lot of the problems, and I'm looking forward to it uh, continuing. Do we need eight teams, or can we stick with four? I think we can stick with four, but that's yet to be determined. We'll see. Okay. I think it still needs a, a, an error, trial and error a little bit. But I think this is this is heading in the right direction. Right now, this is good, but I think, you know, obviously we saw some hiccups with it a little this year. But, listen, this is, this is good. All right, one more question. You may end up playing against these guys, but I'm going to ask you now, who's more ready to be an NFL quarterback, Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota from Oregon? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I would say um, both quarterbacks – first of all, let me start with this. I think both quarterbacks are going to – when you're young as a quarterback position, there's going to be struggling. You're going to struggle. So then I would defer to who has the most ability to create. I think Mariota does. So I think he's more ready. I think he can survive more right away. Mm-hmm. Not- Obviously, that's a bias. That could be slightly biased, but I look at that. If I'm if I'm looking from the outside in, that would be what I would go. You know, who has that extra something that can create? Now, Jameis can do the same thing, but obviously, I think that Mariota, he's run. He's you know he can he's a dual threat, complete dual threat. So we'll see. I'm glad you stopped by today. I'm glad to be seen here. In a while. Good to I, see I you too. Wait. Yeah. Um, yeah. Always. That's Jarris Bird, everybody. Of course, uh, safety uh, for the New Orleans Saints. Oregon Duck through and through. There's no doubt about that. Um, And we wish you all the best with the rest of what you've got to do with that knee. Thank you very much. Go Ducks. Yep. All right. More on the Black and Blue Report here on this uh, National Championship Monday in just a moment. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, Even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We just got the Oregon perspective on tonight's game from Jairus Bird, and now it's time to hear from a former Buckeye and a former Saint. Will Smith is on the phone right now. Will, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. No problem. So I'm sure you're excited about tonight's game. Are you in Dallas for the game to watch? Yes, I am. I'm definitely excited. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game tonight. 
We'll get to your keys in just a moment, but I want to stroll down memory lane for a second. Let's go back to your college football days. You were part of the 0-2 national championship team that took down Miami. And from someone who has played in the big game before, what are Ohio State and Oregon players going to experience tonight? Uh, I mean, they're going to experience the great event. Um, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these kids, they've never really been on a stage before. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of people watching who who enjoy college football, who just enjoy football. Period. Everyone's going to be watching tonight, and um, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be electric. Yeah, those guys are going to be fired up. Absolutely. Now, both teams have had about 11 days in between games to get ready for tonight. For you and your team, when you were getting ready for the game, what was it like that last week preparing for the game, whether it was physical or emotional? What What was that last week like preparing for a national championship? Um, it, it, it was a little tense because you kind of, back then, uh, we had almost like a month, a month and uh, maybe a week or two to mm-hmm. prepare um, for the game. So we had already practiced. We had already did all that stuff. We kind of knew our game plan. And that last week was just kind of, you know, a week to, you know, you know, tighten things up. But at the same time, we were ready to go a week before the game. So it was a little antsy. Was it hard to, I want to say focus, because I know you're ready for a national championship. Was it hard to, like, stay ready for a game knowing you still had, like, a week to go? No, it wasn't hard because we knew the importance of the game, especially being a, it's a national championship. Um how big it is for each university um, to just even be in a game, but let alone win the game. Um, we we understood the importance, um, and we're focused. But it was just was we couldn't wait for the game to get here as soon as possible. And I think this these kids, uh, uh, even though they had about ten or eleven days, I think these kids are gonna be fired up. They can't wait to get this game started. Absolutely. Now, uh, I might get some flack from SEC country down here in New Orleans, but um, is it nice to have two teams play for a national championship and neither of them are from the SEC? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, the SEC, you know, has been good for the past, you know, several years. And, you know, it's finally good to see uh, other conferences kind of really getting in the mix, Um, you know, and – you know the SEC. You know they had their they had their run of greatness these past ten ten to twelve years, and now it looks like that that has a little you know you know has passed by. So it's good to have Ohio State you know being in the Ohio State and Oregon being in the, you know first college playoff game and uh, making it to the national championship. What do you think about the state of the Big Ten now? You have Ohio State obviously representing them in the national championship. Michigan going out and getting Jim Harbaugh. You have Michigan State who's been playing well, and Penn State's uh, starting to uh, slowly rebuild back into what they were. Are we seeing uh, Big Ten turn the corner as far as a football conference? I think I, I don't. I don't think the Big Ten never lost it. I mean, mm-hmm. you just look across the board. Uh, you know, it's always been a great conference. Um, you know, they always have successful teams. Um, it's been a, a fear conference because just about everyone, every team in the Big Ten has won it within the last you know, 20 or 30 years, have won the conference. So it's it's good now. I think finally we have coaches that have adjusted to the new way of football. And uh, we have some great coaches. we got a lot of talent that's uh, being recruited into the Big Ten. And... You know, all I see for the Big Ten is them getting better and better. Let's talk about the game tonight. Did you ever think you would see your team make the national title game with a third-string quarterback? And what does that say about Urban Meyer and this Ohio State team? Nah, I didn't think we would make it after we lost to Virginia Tech. I thought it was going to be a rebuilding year. Um, you know, because they look so they don't look so good against Virginia Tech on that uh, that, that that night game that they played. So, you know. Knowing that uh, we had the second-string quarterback, uh, and then he evolved to be this great quarterback, and then he got hurt, and then the third-string quarterback, Cordell, steps in, and you know you couldn't tell if he was the third or the first. So right. it's just great that we have a lot of talent that we, 
you know, we don't really have backups. It's pretty much everyone on the team could be a starter. So it's good to have those options. And it's good for, you know, that we have Urban, who who's done a great job recruiting and just bringing talent in Ohio State to give us this opportunity, you know, because if we didn't have a good quarterback, we wouldn't be here. Yep, absolutely. Now uh, give me a couple keys for the Buckeyes to leave Dallas as national champions tonight. I think one, um, you know, defensively, they're going to have to, you know, dominate the line of scrimmage. The defensive line is going to have to dominate the line of scrimmage. They're going to have to rotate those guys, make sure those guys are fresh because, you know, Oregon has an up-tempo offense. I think also another key is we can't turn over the ball. I think if we don't turn over the ball and we play Ohio State football offensively, we should be all right. But I think when you get in trouble with a team like Oregon that can score so easy, uh, those turnovers hurt you really, really big. So uh, I think those are going to be pretty much the most important thing in us winning tonight. We're talking with Will Smith, former Ohio State Buckeye and former New Orleans Saint. Now, uh, Will, as a defensive lineman, you've seen a Marcus Mariota type, one who can throw the ball but also run as well. How do you contain him in such a, a game like this? How do you stop him from uh, running and also passing? Well, I mean, you know, he, he's a great player. I don't think he can, you know, do both. Um, you know, you, you would rather him just beat you in the pocket if he's going to beat you. Uh, you really want to contain his, you know, running. Um, and you want to have a balanced pass rush because if you don't have a balanced pass rush, that gives him lanes to actually, when no one's open, to actually take off and run. So it's going to be key for the defensive line to compress the pocket and keep him in the pocket so when they do get an opportunity to sack him, he's right there and don't have him run around and create new plays or, as they call it, the broken play, create those opportunities and score. Absolutely. Now, this is the first year with the uh, with the new playoff system, um, four teams, college football playoff. Do you like it how it is right now? I know it's only been one year. Do you like? Would you like it to expand, or you think this is the right amount of teams to play for a national title? Well, I think I think it's good. I mean, uh, no matter how you do it, there's always going to be some, you know, conflict. I mean, you're never ever going to be able to please everyone with the playoff system. And I think, you know, for the safety of the kids, I think you know to limit all of these games that they're playing. I think this two game, you know playoff series I think is great you know I think healthy um and just to go to think me us in Oregon would have never even been in the game if there was if there wasn't a playoff system right. so it gives teams those opportunities to come out and play you know and have at least a chance to make it to the uh, championship yeah it's a good way of looking at it. it would have been the Alabama and Florida State most likely if it was with the BCS. Um, before I let you go, I want to talk about the NFL playoffs a little bit. We're down to our final four. Seattle in Green Bay and Indianapolis in New England. Who do you like to play in the Super Bowl and win it all? Uh, you know, I've, all, I've, I've, I've picked Seattle on the NFC side um, because I think, uh, you know, they're just, they're, you can tell that they, early in the season they really struggled, but as the season went on and it's gotten later and later, they started to gel as a team and they're playing very, very good right now. So I think, uh, you know, I definitely have them going to the Super Bowl. And then, you know, the Colts were very impressive yesterday against, uh, you know, Denver. So, you know, I've, and, you know, the, the Patriots really struggled against Baltimore and they pulled it out. I think I have uh, the Colts versus Seattle in the uh, Super Bowl. Awesome. That should that should be a good one if those two teams make it to the Super Bowl. That's former Super Bowl champion with the Saints and national champion with the Buckeyes, Will Smith, here on the Black and Blue Report. Will, thank you so much for the time. Best of luck to your team tonight, and enjoy the national championship in Dallas. Thank you. And who that? Absolutely who that, Will. And when we come back, Sean will be back to wrap things up on this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report.
Pelicans fans. Be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. Mardi Gras is just around the corner, and Shreveport Bossier City invites you to experience Mardi Gras in the Arklatex, starting with the Crew of Centaur Parade on Saturday, February 7th. Cap it off with the Crew of Gemini Parade on Saturday, February 14th. Check out hotels and other things to do at Shreveport-Bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Big show here today from Boston where it's 37 degrees, by the way. Uh, I don't think we're going to see anything north of 37 for the rest of this road trip. So I'm glad I brought the uh, winter clothes with me as we embark on this uh, road trip here for the Pelicans. that will take us through next Monday night in New York. Uh, big thanks to our guests today. Big show today, of course, when you have Bob Ryan, Jarris Bird. And Will Smith, uh, very good stuff today. I hope you enjoyed our Monday visit. It's a nice way to start off the week, that's for sure. Uh, enjoy the Pelicans and Celtics tonight. Enjoy college football's national championship. They'll overlap a little bit uh, with the Pelicans starting at 6.30 uh, Central Time and the college football game closer to 8 o'clock Central Time. I think, I think they're saying 7.30 Central, but I bet you it's more like 7.50 for tonight's football game from AT&T Stadium. We'll talk about that football game on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. Daniel Salerson will host from Studio B in Metairie, and he'll have Curtis Johnson, head football coach at Tulane University, on the show to uh, help us break down college football's national championship and update us on all things Tulane football. We'll also be breaking down the uh, Pelicans, hopefully a win, the Pelicans win over the uh, Boston Celtics later on tonight, and perhaps more on the trade situation that's um, fluid and ongoing Still even today with the teams trying to get the approval from the league office, physicals for the players, and all that stuff uh, trying to fall into place. So with that, we will bid you adieu here from Boston. We'll talk to you tonight on the radio. Otherwise, tomorrow Daniel's got you from Studio B in uh, New Orleans, and then I'll be back with you on Wednesday from Detroit, Michigan, as the Pelicans uh, move on to face the Detroit Pistons. Oh, wow. All right, so this, uh, this wonderful weekend continues tonight. I hope that you take full advantage of it, and we'll see you next time right here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.